0: On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Ian Brasby. If I do für deutsche Besucher in England, then I'm always at Settlers Bruce.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Set List, Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and into the shades of Donnie and Marie Osmond, we are a little bit country today. And we may be a little bit rock and roll as well. Uh, joining me today is a new friend, uh, DJ Nick. He had joined uh, Charles and I over at our um, Doctor Who podcast, and DJ Nick makes his living talking about music and promoting music, and I said, this is perfect. So Nick, how you doing? Thanks for being on the show.
2: Hey, Jesse. Well, it's truly an honor and a pleasure to be here with you and to talk about music. Of course, you're a huge fan of music yourself. And of course, I do this for a living. And so, you know, as as soon as you invited me, I could not but say yes.
1: Yeah, that is great. Uh, So tell us a little about yourself.
2: Well, um, for those who do not know, I am uh, the DJ and host of the Whiskey and Cigarettes Show, which is a country music radio show, which is aired both uh, online and on FM radio throughout the world. We basically deal with country music from yesterday, today, and also everything else in between. And um, I've been doing this now, at least this show, for about 10 years or so. And um, it's, it's, I really love what I do, and you know, I'm so glad to, uh, to be able to share my passion for country music, not only with the core fans in North America, but throughout the world as well. And, and you know, I've been doing this, and to be able to have made it my job, my day job, and my night job as well is, uh, is a blessing for sure. Absolutely. Um, so where are you from? i'm i'm from milan italy i was born and raised here though my accent might say different uh, but but yes i was i was born and raised over here in italy i uh, lived here all my life uh, the the fact for my one if anybody wonders about my accent it comes from the fact that my mother is actually south african i have not retained the south african accent which i'm rather sad about but i guess you know this uh, this this should we say british accent works nonetheless on radio too
1: absolutely um <laughs> Well, very cool. Um, So as uh, my regular listeners will know, we always like to start at the beginning, which is a very good place to start. Uh, Talk about growing up. Where did
2: you grow up? And what kind of music did your family listen to? Okay, well, um, as I said, I've basically lived in the same area of Milan ever since I was born. And when it comes to music, music has always surrounded me... from day one, I would say, because uh, both my parents, outside of their professional careers, uh, were both are both musicians. My dad, on in his free time, is a blues and jazz guitarist, and my mum uh, used to be a, a violin player and also a singer. And when it came to the music that I grew up on, well, I was raised on, on a lot of the classics from uh, being in the car with my parents and driving either to uh, to the mountains or to go to visit my my grandparents, and we listened to uh, anything from Paul Anka to Neil Sadaka to The Tokens, uh, Little Richard, Chubby Checker, all this kind of stuff. And added to that, um, my dad is also a huge fan of both Frank Sinatra uh, He and... Um, Frank Sinatra mainly because that was what I used to listen to a lot as he would, dri- would drive me to school, um, and uh, and a lot of the the, blue, the early blues and jazz things as well, and uh, and so that's that's what I started listening to then as I grew as I grew up and started to uh, explore music myself independently. I went through my my, my Michael Jackson phase in the nineties and um and then after that I got into I started playing in a eighties um hair metal band. And so I <laughs> Are there so photos?
1: Sta- are there photos, Nick?
2: <laughs> yes. Um there are some photos of me actually wearing eyeliner and the teased hair and everything else with that. So yeah, because you we were you know, doing mainly a lot of covers of bands like Poison, Cinderella, Alice Cooper, uh, this kind of stuff. And um, and so then I began to pursue, um, I just purely also as a listener, the rock and metal world. So uh, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Judas Priest, uh, going up all the way to the more, should we say, modern things like Avenged Sevenfold, Corn, and what have you. So that was my... I went through that. I guess I like Picasso. I went through various phases. Yeah. <laughs> and after that one, um, country, which is not, it is a growing genre in Italy, there is awareness of it, but it's not as huge, obviously, as it is in North America, so the US and Canada. I got to know about country music through dating a, um, a young lady from Virginia. Um, when I first went over to visit her, she had actually she actually asked me, do you know country music? And I said to her, oh, right. Yes. Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. She asked me, have you ever heard of Tim McGraw? I'm like, who's he or who have you ever heard of Reba McEntire? I'm like, who is she? And she basically schooled me in country music. And that's and so I it, it obviously were very exotic sounds to my ears because you don't you wouldn't get that kind of stuff back home. So. I started to listen to this stuff got back home and then um and then started exploring country music as well and I've added it now to uh, the music that I listen to.
1: So um yeah I, I can imagine there is um as you mentioned Johnny Cash Willie Nelson um that you know iconic um so but I'm sure some others you were like, oh, who's this? What's going on? <clears throat> um, the um, – what about it – obviously you were dating someone, but what about the music spoke to you? Why, why did you find an interest in that?
2: Well, I, th- I found that compared to, because I was obviously listening to a lot of rock and metal at the time, mm-hmm. also the themes that were present in the country music that I was, um, that, that, that I was uh, introduced to were very different compared to what I'd heard, because obviously when you go and listen to rock and metal, it's, or especially, should we say maybe the, the, the hair metal stuff, it's a lot about either having a good time or being madly in love with somebody and so she She's she's left you. I guess that's in country, too. But um, the way it was portrayed musically was very different. Uh, And I found that sometimes country music tended to have more of a soul and more warmth to it than certain metal bands that were just pure energy. They gave you that energy, but they maybe didn't weren't as um, pervasive emotionally speaking, and that's what really touched me. Not to mention the Southern drawl as well, because I was not used to hearing somebody sing with a very strong Southern drawl. And that was also very um, attractive to me as well, not to mention the gravel voices. When it comes to country music, I absolutely love certain singers who have that gravel in their voice, which you don't really get when it comes to rock and metal. They tend to be either very high-pitched, You know, think about Cinderella, for example, or, you know, they, they, they're great, but they don't have that kind of very smooth kind of voice. And so I think that's what drew me to it. And also, obviously, um, I was also a big fan of folk music at the time, uh, Irish and Scottish folk songs. And that was also very present. in that's also obviously a part of what country music then became. And I think that was also what drew me to it as well. Okay. Um, do you remember
1: any specific artist or song that you went wow
2: this is something pretty cool well uh funnily enough before i actually got to to know more about the old school country what really blew me away at the time were were two songs in particular one was is the ballad uh, from tim mcgraw which is whiskey and you which i absolutely adore and the other one is mud on the tires by brad paisley um because of the fact that the guitar work – not only do I love Brad as a singer, but as a guitarist, he's incredible, and I love the guitar work and the rhythm, and just that that particular song just resonated with me, so much so that I actually went out and bought the Mud on the Tires album, and it's still one of my all-time favorite country music albums.
1: Um, boy, you are talking my wheelhouse. Um, I, I don't remember – Now, what – I can't remember which Brad Paisley song I really liked. But Mm. it was – probably I'm going to miss her or Little Moments. And I started picking up Brad Paisley CDs Mm. and um, fell in love with his um, singing – his songwriting—I um, realize he doesn't write all his songs, but he does write a great deal of them. Um, his guitar playing is amazing. Um, is just someone I- I've adored. Um, the letter to me song is is a song that um, my has my son and I really connected with. Um, hmm. He was um, he was having a rough patch in college. And was really, really um, depressed, and I played that for him, and he just started crying, and so even to this day now, that is, um, because he, you know, the message of these are nowhere near the best days of your life. I, I think it's just a powerful message.
2: Oh, indeed it is. I think that's the beauty of um, – unfortunately, I think it's a little bit lost on today's country. I do enjoy today's country, but it's a lot simpler and maybe the message aren't, messages aren't as deep. But when you hear songs like Letter to You or even um, – you know, think. Of, I even think of even ballads which are very tragic and very sad, like for example "Whiskey Lullaby," which is inc- the the um, the pairing of Brad's vocals and Alison Krauss's vocals is just magic. Um, and I think that makes a great song. There are, and I very rarely um, cry or am brought to tears when I hear songs. It's only happened with listening to country music. Uh, Brad Paisley has done this to me. Laurie Morgan has done this to me with something in red. Um, And there are a couple of other ones where I can, as soon as I hear them, I start tearing up, because they just touch your soul, not just with their voice, but what they're also saying. Unfortunately, as I said, some of them can be a little bit overly tragic, But they are just so beautiful, and I think that's a quality maybe that is unique to certain types of country music. I mean I'm not – I'm sure music in general can move somebody, but at least on a personal, when it comes to me, I've only felt those kind of emotions when it comes to country.
1: Yeah, um, I I, I agree. I think there is a lot of beauty in that. Um, You know, and – for those of you who are listening, uh, there is a lot of, there is a tinge of country influence in Bruce's music. Um, you know, his Highway Patrolman from Nebraska, Johnny Cash covered, which mm-hmm. I would argue, Cash's version I think is a little bit better, and I think Bruce would admit that as well. Uh, you know, uh, tougher than <laughs> tougher than the rest. Uh, has been covered by tons of country artists, and I think that's amazing. So oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, The Boss has a lot of fans within the country music world. Case in point, Eric Church, who actually wrote the song Springsteen to tribute him.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, it is. And, you know, there's that great story. Um, and, you know, they talk about. Um, Eric Church says that the actual concert this is based on a real experience but it wasn't all you know it wasn't a Springsteen show but mm-hmm. um, he thought that was perfect and you know there's that famous story at least for a Springsteen fans where uh, one of the guys behind the scenes uh, was going to see Eric Church and he mentioned it to Bruce and Bruce says oh I love that guy and he <laughs> took a set list and wrote, wrote a note to he says hey can you you know, can you give this to Eric? And so, uh, you know, and Eric said, yeah, that got framed,
2: you know? Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) I mean, you've written, you know, a song dedicated to one of your heroes, and the fact that your hero actually loves what you do, I mean, I think that's praise from Caesar.
1: Yeah, I really – they were going to be on a festival um, earlier, I think this year, together, and I was hoping that they would get a chance to play together. I – I, I think Eric Church would just um, lose his stuff if, <laughs> if Bruce Springsteen is on, uh, you know, sings his chorus on Springsteen. I, I think he would be oh, great.
2: I mean, it can be, it, it would be amazing. But also, I think the beauty of also of Springsteen in, in as an artist is that he is so well loved mm-hmm. throughout the music world. I mean, there are two other bands that I really enjoy, which are the dropkick Murphys and social distortion, and they are both huge fans of Springsteen. And they've actually had Bruce on as, as a guest on their songs and on stage. And I think it's amazing how one artist like uh, Bruce Springsteen is so well loved throughout so many different genres, be it country, be it punk rock, be it rock, be it pop. Everybody, Uh, I've noticed has some kind of attachment to Bruce Springsteen or his music.
1: Yeah, I I know the Dropkick Murphys, he's, he's played with them. Um, You know, I know that um, they've, you know, they've done a great version of No Surrender, uh, Mm. Badlands. Um, I just, a friend, a real good friend of mine is a Munford's and Sons uh, fan. And he sent me the link where they're being interviewed, and um, they start picking on the lead singer because they were on a show, and they had played, and then uh, Springsteen was going on. And as he tells the story, Springsteen looks over to their side of the off stage and waves them to come in, and they do a look behind. Oh, I wonder who he's talking to, <laughs> and uh, they end up coming on stage, and they're doing Hungry Heart, and the singer says, Hungry Heart is a very simple song to sing, and I forgot the lyrics. And they said, what did you do? <laughs> Went and got a couple of pair of maracas and started shaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, when all else fails, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you, you've kind of talked a little about this, but on your – are there other favorite musicians that you know that have continued through your journey that have just been a lot of meant to that
2: have meant a lot to you? Well the thing is, um, having been a drummer for a long time, I've always had, you know, a lot of favorite drummers more than anything else, because I really okay. admire, because they obviously they can do things that I can only do in my wildest dreams. Uh, a perfect example of this is Mike Portnoy, the ex-drummer from Dream Theater, uh, who's been one of my longtime heroes when it comes to the music world, um, just because of how inventive he is. And also, I guess, the crazy side of him, I, that has, I also appreciate. Um, when it comes to, should we say, singers or performers in general, um, I was always a huge fan of John Oliva from Sabotage. I've been a huge Sabotage fan for many, many years. And I, it was one of the crowning moments of my life. And I also to say my career before I started doing country. I used to do a rock and metal show and I actually got the chance to meet John, uh, you know, actually to be able to sit on the in the tour bus with him and actually talk to him. Uh, When I actually got off the bus, I kind of had to uh, shake myself and think, did that just happen? I mean, was that was that for real? The fact that I was able to interview him, talk to him, share a cigarette with him. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, Those those kind of things. And also. Uh, when it comes to country music world, there are so many, it's very hard to to nail it down to a few. I'm very sad that some of the artists I would have loved to even have interviewed or talked to are no longer with us. Johnny Cash being one of them, George Jones being another. Um, uh, that Jimmy Dean, I mean, there are, there are quite a few that I wish I could have talked to. Cause I'm a big fan more when it comes to personalities of the old school people compared to the new granted. If I was told today, you know, you're going to have an interview with Jennifer Nettles from, uh, uh Sugarland. I definitely wouldn't say no. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, but, I, but I, I think it was, it was the people from the past that meant something to me because they, they seem to be more colorful characters and, um, and I don't know. I guess. I guess it's. Uh, I don't know why, but I've always been drawn to the artists from the '50s, '60s, that era. Even though, of course, when they were around, I wasn't even born.
1: Yeah. No, but that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> you know, it truly makes sense. Did um, talk about? You know, and we we said this before we hit record, but. Um, it, Talk about how you got into radio and how the idea of this show you currently do, and for those of you who not, um, as Nick explained, he does an internet radio show, uh, mm-hmm. covering all spans of country music. He does country and western. He <laughs> Indeed, used the, old
2: blue, the blues brothers joke. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Okay, well, before I even started getting into radio, I was a music journalist for a long time. I actually uh, did reviews and interviews for various online publications in the rock and metal world. Um, funny story was, when I, the way I actually got into that, um, I wasn't even, I mean, I, I was fresh out of uh, university and I'd graduated in music journalism, um, but I was not a credited journalist as of yet, what I did was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was actually hanging outside a venue. Um, a band from Finland was playing called Sonata Arctica, which I was a huge fan of at the time, a power metal band. And um, I was just hanging out with the fans, waiting for them to arrive. At a certain point, I see the tour manager come out and I said to them, uh, I, I have to interview the band I'm with. And I invented some. Uh, online webzine off the top of my head and believe it or not, it worked. I got that in. That is awesome. <laughs> I got in. I actually had all my questions ready and everything. They, they sent me in and they said, okay, the band are ready for you. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe that actually worked. So I went and did that interview. I recorded it and I sent it off to a, uh, an online webzine and uh, said, you know, I'd like to, to work with you guys. I'd like to do reviews and interviews and stuff. And I did that for a while. And, um, And after a while, I wanted – I thought to myself, reviewing and interviewing is all good, but I would like to do something to where I can share my passion for music even more so with people. And that's where the little light bulb went off, and I said, radio. So what happened was I came across a – A a lady from Texas who sadly is no longer with us um, who uh, I I approached and I asked her. I I told her I wanted to go into radio and wanted to do a a rock and metal show and she said to me okay Nick you do that that's fine with me and uh, so I just started doing it at first it was absolutely terrible I I remember I was super nervous at the time every time I had to uh, open my mic and talk but I I had a great time with it I was able to interview tons of heroes of mine which was a, a blessing and um, after that, uh, the uh, the famous the woman from Virginia came along. And um, uh, after that, when I got back to Italy, I decided I wanted to create another radio show, which was which was going to be country-based. And I already had the name for it, which was Whiskey and Cigarettes. And I said to myself, that sounds like a good name. Let's try and do it. So in parallel, I was doing Metal from Milan, which was my rock and metal show, and Whiskey and Cigarettes. What was happening was... Whiskey and cigarettes kept getting more and more popular, and at a certain point, I just found I could no longer do the two things at the same time or rather dedicate enough time to both. And so what I said to myself is I had to make a rather sad decision and said, okay, I think we'll have to put metal from Milan out to pasture and focus on whiskey and cigarettes. And so – that's uh that, that's basically what happened i i uh, after that the show got picked up by various other networks uh i k i um, now have an amazing manager called michael stover who has done so much for my career and found an, an incredible uh, head of pr in barb Leatherman and another incredible lady from minnesota and uh, here we are and uh, uh, things just are just uh, growing and growing and i'm so um, I have to pinch myself every day to think I'm doing country music in Italy and have made it my job and I'm able to create this bridge between Europe and the U.S., which is something that makes me very proud and very blessed. Yeah, I can imagine. So
1: walk me through um, – talk about the show. What, what, what kind of is the format of the show and um, when is it on? How long is it?
2: Just tell me a little bit of the nuts and bolts. Okay, well, the show airs live every Sunday from 11 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. If anybody wants to find out uh, where and how to tune in, we have a a nice little website, which is whiskeyandcigarettesshow.com. What we do on the show is um, we do our best to showcase country music 360 degrees. So we, um, I play music from both contemporary artists, so the latest singles from the, both the big artists and the up-and-comers. And then we also mix in every week, we showcase what songs were at number one during that particular week, going from way back to the 1940s, all the way up to today so we cover a one week span of number ones which we intersperse within the show added to that every week we have a a different guest um, a different country artist be it independent or a major level artist and uh, that's that's pretty much what we do Uh, of course listeners are welcome to request songs that they request songs and uh, yeah so it's basically four hours of country music. But uh, what I try to do, I try to make it di- make it different to where I don't only play, obviously, new country and I don't only play old school. I mix the two and I also try to play everything that falls under the roots umbrella. So also southern rock, um, folk, um, any bluegrass, anything that, shall we say, is connected to the roots genre.
1: Okay, good. I, that 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 sounds really cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do what? What do you th- is do you think? Wh- what did the format has changed over the years? You've done this.
2: Mm. Well, I recently did a did a change. I did make one significant change, uh, which was. But what I used to do before was I used to, to um, exchange, I used to do both number one songs and if there was an artist's birthday, I used to also play a song from that artist and say, oh, okay, so-and-so is celebrating a birthday and we'll do it that way. What I noticed was that it was fun, but at the same time, I found that, people, that the that listeners in general preferred the fact of hearing songs, number one songs, also because I think if you're playing, you're doing a show, you're, you you don't you might want to play songs that maybe not everybody has heard about. But you do want to have play songs that they will enjoy. And maybe I might have chosen a song from an artist who is celebrating a birthday that they might not particularly like or that might not resonate with them. And so I figured let's just do the number one formats throughout for both the, the old school stuff and the today stuff. And then what I also added in is is trivia or, cra- or as I call it, crazy facts from around the world. So I also share um, little uh, stories from all over the world touching on different subjects that, that people might find entertaining uh, from, for example, the origin of the fact, the fact that the Three Musketeers bar was originally three different flavors, But then they had to change it to all chocolate because the fact that there wasn't they weren't able to have those kind of flavors during the Second World War. And that's why it then changed to all chocolate. This kind of these kind of things or or, um, or funny little stories, just funny little stories that I've read on the Internet about people getting into trouble for the most absurd of reasons. And so we also try to add a humor factor in as well.
1: Yeah, this God, that I did not know that, and that's pretty interesting.
2: Um, so how do you get your guests? When it comes to guests, well, um, for, uh, the majority of the legwork is done my by, by my manager Michael Stover. He he helps me out with that. He's uh he's I think one of the best managers anybody could find, and he helps me out with that. In other cases, artists have come to us. Asking to be on the show. One of the funniest stories was the the very first time I got to interview Tanya Tucker. Um, She actually contacted my manager asking to be on the show because she liked the name of the show, and I thought that was brilliant.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, that and it is a great name. It is an absolutely great name i was um, blown
2: away when i was told you're going to be speaking to tanya tucker i'm like seriously i mean that could i i'd obviously been playing her songs for a while I'm like i wow i actually get to sit down and talk to tanya tucker so these are the kind of uh little you know gifts that are brought to me which uh you know obviously i'm so thankful for yeah you
1: know um it uh, my my f- listeners have heard this story, but you haven't. So, mm. skip ahead five minutes if you don't want to hear the story again, listeners. <laughs> um, my wife is not a big Bruce Springsteen fan, um, mm-hmm. and uh, in 2012, um, we were talking about we wanted to go on a vacation together. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and I had not done a just um, her and I going on vacation. And we can't remember. Uh, we'd had you know, either the kid going with us or another couple. And we really wanted to get out of town, just us. So we were debating and we couldn't figure out what it was. And when Bruce announced his Wrecking Ball Tour, um, I reached out to Lynn and I said, I have an idea. And she's like, okay, what's your idea? I said, well, <laughs> Bruce is not coming anywhere close to Dallas. But he is going to Cleveland. I said, so... What I think we should do is uh, go up to through Louisville. um uh, my father had died in two thousand and one and he uh, was buried at the veteran cemetery up there. We could see my dad's gra- gravestone. Mm. Um, we could marker, you know, they had put it in.
0: True. um
1: we could do half the the bourbon trail, the Kentucky Bourbon trail mm. um, then. Yeah. She could – I said we could go up. We have a good friend who lives in Cleveland. We can see Bruce. We can tour the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then we could come back, finish the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, go home. She goes, that sounds great. And uh, so we called it our Bruce and Bourbon Tour. Right. (laughs) Thinking, right, that's what I was thinking of. I love the title. (laughs) Yes, and as um I, I shared this story with the guys who do um rock in the suburbs and <clears> they're like that that sounds like a perfect vacation, uh, you know? So um so yeah, I, I love the idea the whiskeys and cigarettes, because uh, you know I also love the idea, you know, we do our bourbon and uh Bruce tour. So uh that's great. Who who have you Who have you not had on the show that you would really love to have?
2: Ah, okay. Well, that, there you've opened the can of worms. <laughs> uh, when it comes to, shall we say, I, I of course I've mentioned the people that obviously we can I cannot have for obvious reasons them not being in this world with us anymore. Um, but uh, outside of that, I'd love to be able to sit down with, of course, uh, Jennifer Nettles from uh, Sugarland, uh, Alan uh, Alan Jackson would be an incredible person to talk to, Blake Shelton, Tim McGraw. Um, from the the older side of, of things, or shall we say, the more seasoned artists um i mean because they are quite well I, I already was able to talk to hank williams jr which was a which was a big one for me wow uh, that Mac- must have been oh yeah i was i was so to be able to talk to bocephus that was incredible eric church of course i'd love to talk to brad paisley mm-hmm. um uh, you,
1: of- have you read brad's uh, autobiography he did a few years ago
2: Indeed, I did, and I thought it was actually very, very well written. To be honest, I, I did not—I did not expect it to be that well written. It was actually really, really well written. The guy knows how to write. I have to say. Um, and, yeah, uh, I,
1: I I agree. Um, I was really—I mean, I thought he told some great stories. Um, you know, it's kind of like, in because it's always going to go back to Bruce on this show, um, I was really impressed with Bruce's autobiography. Of how much he shared of himself and how well it was written, um, yeah, I really loved, you know, Brad's discussion of you know the love of the guitar and the playing and and mm. and writing the songs and his journey. Uh, yeah, I I I would I think he would be a good interview. Um, have you ever been able? Have you ever had a chance to talk to Jason Isbell?
2: No, I have not, and I would love
1: to. Yeah, I, I think he's somebody that. Um, I think he's such an interesting musician, and and probably has a lot of stories to share. Yeah, um, you know, I was not a um, was not necessarily a Drive By Truckers fan, though one of my best friends is, and um, I really have loved some of the music Jason has put out, and so Mm. I, I bet he would be a very interesting guy.
2: Oh very much so, and going back also to Brad Paisley, another reason to interview him is he's a big fan of Iron Man, and so you could also get into geeky things with him, and so that would yes. be another another nice thing because i saw I believe I saw something where he stopped by the Marvel Studios and was all uh, geeking over the Iron Man armor and all this kind of thing, so I'm sure I could probably get him to talk a little bit about superheroes and his love of iron man
1: well and and you know this is several years ago but I believe if you googled um he he and the band were big Battlestar Galactica fans mm. and so they actually ended up going on site and touring uh where they were filming it I I'm pretty sure I remember that uh mm. because he he and the band I think he made the joke like yeah all you know we just wanted to get to the show so we could go watch the latest episode so
2: <laughs> it's true, because sometimes people forget that these artists that people so love actually do enjoy things like this. Because uh, you think, because I think maybe sometimes people uh, forget, and they just see the singer, the guitarist, and what have you, and they maybe don't realize that these people also may sit down and binge watch Netflix shows, or you know they enjoy things that you know, for example, you and I enjoy. Jesse, or even you, know, uh, our good friend the. Child, as well you know things like all these the superhero stuff or science fiction stuff you know they they might just have, the fact is people don't know this uh and i think that's 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 also an interesting point is that um artists get put on a pedestal almost and have this godlike status and so maybe you're not seen as they could never enjoy what we mere mortals enjoy yeah um so
1: talk a little bit We've shared a little bit, but um, any thoughts on um, Springsteen just because you know we are Bruce Springsteen um, a podcast, any um, thoughts and uh, any of his specific songs or music that um, has
2: spoken to you? Okay, I'm gonna sound really terrible when I say this, but I really the songs of Bruce Springsteen that I enjoy are the more commercial ones. So, Nothing so, wrong with that. Springsteen fans don't hate me for saying that. No, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> but Streets of Philadelphia is one of my all-time favorite songs of Bruce Springsteen. If I had to choose, if somebody had to tell me, ask me what is your favorite all-time Bruce Springsteen song, I would put, I would say Streets of Philadelphia and The Wrestler. The Wrestler really spoke to me because I really find it's a very intimate and beautiful song, Streets of Philadelphia. I mean, it's, it speaks for itself, I, I, I think. Yeah. And uh, those are probably, and of course, I, I, and also I remember also as a teenager, um, I used to have these compilations that had come out. They'd released these, this series of compilations of American music. It was the history of American music. And among them was Bruce Springsteen's I'm on Fire which was another song which also resonated with, with me a lot. What I will say about Bruce Springsteen, even though I'm not a huge fan, I really admire the man's work as a lyricist. He has, he, the guy really knows how to write good lyrics because they are not banal. They are not trite. They are extremely profound and almost poetic.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's fair enough. You know, what's, it's interesting. um it, is you know the the streets of philadelphia is such a powerful song um and uh bella pora friend of the show um she talked about being um you know a a lesbian and and that you know to have that kind of song from such a mainstream artist really meant a lot to her um and um, so, yeah, I don't think you'll go wrong with there. My other <laughs> funny thing, I, I and and when I say funny, not haha, but ironic is um, usually Nick when I go to um, a bar, you know, <laughs> or something, and there's a guy playing guitar, you know, just someone, you know, just passing the hat around and, you know, and I throw, um, five bucks in and I go, Hey, you know, can you do any Springsteen? More than the odds are he's going to do I'm on fire. (laughs) I just (laughs) do not know why. I think because it's, um, it's a basic song. It is. It's, it's a good song for just someone with a guitar singing but it it seems like that is by far the default um i guess it's his version of like if someone said hey can you do a jimmy buffett song they're going to do margaritaville sure so um <laughs> i guess this is i'm
2: on fire is his song oh no sure and also i think if if somebody were to slip that song into a country music radio show it would it, you know people would just take it for what it is because it does have that little bit of a southern kind of country feel going on as well yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I also and like I, I do think that um, all the people that have covered tougher than the rest, um, I think even Bruce's version of that is is in a lot of ways. It, it feels very country. Um, oh, yes. You know, and um, so that's cool. All right. So um, any other things we want to share before I get to the Mary question?
2: Uh, no, I think I think we're pretty much good to go. I, I think yeah, because when it comes to to uh, Springsteen, what I will say is, someday I will take myself to a a a Springsteen show. Because everybody keeps telling me he is very, immensely popular over here in Italy, and everybody who has been to a Bruce Springsteen show has told me it's one of those things you have to do at least once in your life. So I reckon sooner or later I will do it.
1: OK, good. Um, I also if you're interested, um, I went through a theor- I, I did a series of episodes where I had someone um, like other podcasters, so someone who's a casual Springsteen fan, and I gave them 10 Springsteen songs that mm-hmm. aren't as well known. Um, and then I let them, you know, kind of take some time to listen to them. And then I had him on the show to talk about the songs. Right. So if you ever want to do that, uh, let me know. We could do that too. Certainly. Yeah. All right. I look good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, what I've been doing is the um, – Jay Armstrong, who is a honors English teacher, um, has a um, – does a class – uh, with uh, talking about Thunder Road as a poem. He compares it to Robert Frost, uh, Road Less Traveled. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the song, at the end of the session, he says, Does Mary get in the car? So your homework was to look at the lyrics of Thunder Road, listen to the song, and now then just, um, your answer is, Does she get in the car?
2: Okay, I, my answer also comes from the fact of being Italian and being uh, in Italy, being known for being the land of lovers and the land of love. I feel that at the end of the day, he is able to persuade her to get into the car. I believe she does. Okay, that makes
1: sense. Um, you're, uh, <laughs> I'm a
2: hopeless romantic, Jesse. What can I say? <laughs> Nick, I am
1: right there with you. I always say, instead of saying. Italy. I say I grew up watching Walt Disney movies where, you know, happy endings. So of course I believe in a happy ending. So absolutely. Well done. Um, (laughs) Nick, uh, if someone wants to reach you, how can they?
2: Well, I I am all over the um, all over social media. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. For everything, for, we have a one-stop shop, which is uh, my website, whiskeyandcigarettesshow.com. There you can find all the information about the show, and we also have all the various links to our social media, be it Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we definitely look forward to uh, hearing from you and chatting to you.
1: All right. Very nice. Um, if you want to be on the show and share your spring scene journey or another band you're passionate about you can reach me several ways i am on twitter at jesse jackson dfw the show is on twitter at set lusting bruce i have a gmail address set bruce at gmail.com we have a facebook page set lusting bruce go there and like us please go to itunes rate and review the show um it truly does help uh listener, new listeners find us and uh, if you could, go find one music fan and say, hey, have you checked out Seth Listing, Bruce? I think you might like it. <laughs> All right, DJ, so um, are you looking forward to Doom Patrol?
2: Oh, I most certainly am. I, I'm super excited about it. Uh, February cannot come fast enough for me. And uh, I actually very much look forward to discussing it with both you and Jesse. With both you and Charles, I mean.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We will have you on again. That's great. All right. Um, Well, thank you, Nick. Uh, This was a joy. I really appreciate it. Uh, Listeners, thank you so much. And if you – we will talk to you soon. Bye Bye. Cheers. You just heard the fun talking hard-rockin', music-lovin', album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Setless and Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Setless and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.
2: Hello, hello. Hello, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Well, thanks, Jesse. It's great to hear your voice. I'm doing, I'm doing awesome, thank you. Good. It is great to hear yours as well. <laughs> well, Tan, thank you so much for taking you know, for wanting to have me on this podcast of yours. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, that was great last time talking to you. Obviously it could be a different topic, but yes. it was great talking to you. But I you know and so I'm super honored, flattered, and happy to, to be doing this with you today.
1: Well, thank you. And yeah, I um it, it's kinda nice to have a chance to talk about uh some of your other passions right
2: you know yes indeed indeed you know I mean uh, like i said uh um i know that you're very a very passionate music person yourself so yeah uh, it's always it's always good to to talk about as you said all sorts of stuff and so how have you been keeping how's your week been going
1: uh it was a very busy week at work but not a bad week just busy and so mm. um it was kind of funny i i woke up yesterday and i I looked and I saw that I didn't have a lot of in-person meetings, and so I I, I, um, I emailed my boss and I said, "Hey, um, I'm not feeling well. Do you mind if I work from home?" <laughs> or, you know, I said, "And if if and you know, if not, I'll take a sick day." And um, I knew from the experience, Rusty has always said, "I trust you," and so if you right. say you can work from home, I do. And so um, Linda had gone um, exercising and had plans with her friend, and um, so I texted her so she wouldn't be fra— uh, you know, like why are you home? And uh, exactly. she's like, "This was just the mental health day, wasn't it?" And I said, "Yes." Though I ended up <laughs> I ended up working all day, but it mm-hmm. was one of those days where I got a lot of stuff done because no one was, you know bothering me in person just online so yeah it was good right well i'm
2: very happy to hear that
1: yeah now what do you do what's your date is this is the is running the radio station your day gig as well
2: yep that is basically what i do for a living yeah, you know what? It took a while to do it. I mean, believe you me, because uh, I mean, before that, I started doing all sort. I mean, I graduated in um, in music journalism at college and at university, um, and then I started doing just pure music journalism, so writing reviews and interviewing artists and all this kind of thing. And then I eventually branched out into um, net radio, mm-hmm. um, and from there, I was actually working a day job. I was actually working at Groupon at the time. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Sure. Sure, um,
1: I do absolutely.
2: And uh, I was working for for Groupon over here, and I worked for them for about six years. And in the meantime, I was focused. You know, I was doing my the radio stuff when I got back, and obviously on the Sunday, which, which is when I do my live show, and I kept thinking to myself. I'm not I'm 100% satisfied at Groupon. It's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I would love to be able to finally be able to just do radio and do you know, what I enjoy and what gives me pleasure. And um, serendipity, serendipity stepped in because after six years of working at Groupon, I was actually laid off together with 100 plus employees because they closed down our division. -hmm. And um, so at first, you know, obviously for a lot of people, it was a very unfortunate and situation, of course, because from one day to the next, you find yourself without a job. and, you know, for no, you know, um, no fault of anybody. It was just a corporate decision. And but you know what? It was it was the opportunity of a lifetime for me because I was finally able to uh, focus completely on what on on radio. And that's how I broke out and was able to at last make it my de- my full time job. Um, and I was, of course, lucky enough to have great management backing me and great people on my team and so on. So, you know, it's it took a while, but we got there. So, yes, I'm, I'm very happy about that for sure.
1: Good, very nice.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and you know what and, and but I'm so glad to be able to talk to like I said I've never had the opportunity to talk about uh, geeky things like yes. comics and like TV series and stuff with other people because it's really hard to find other people who share these interests. I mean, they have You know, my group of friends, they have some interest in the TV series and some of the CW stuff, whatever, but they're not as well versed or are prepared to sit down and talk for hours about this stuff. Whereas you and Charles are, you know so uh, in love and enamored and ex- experts about this stuff it's wonderful when i get these opportunities to do this stuff with you guys because of that because it's something i've never had you know and i'm so glad that sure. thanks to the internet i have yeah. met people like yourselves and i'm really really happy about that i'm really blessed to, to for that to have happened
1: you know when i i started the i was working for rob southgate when i say working you know i do this for free but he's the guy who runs our network and right uh he had asked me to do the doctor who podcast and um i had already i was already doing a castle podcast mm-hmm. um and um so i immediately thought of charles and i said hey charles if i'm going to do this you know i think you're the perfect guy to do this with me sure. and he of course said Okay, how do we do a podcast? And I'm like, it's pretty easy. We just talk. Um, so then um so then i um I saw the Springsteen and I documentary, mm-hmm. which is all fans talking about you know their their fandom right and then um i and then I had had a guy. Um, who was he? His '80s reboot overdrive was his podcast focused on the '80s, mm-hmm. and he was kind of tired. And he flat said that he says, you know, I'm I just I'm tired of of planning and scheduling. And he says, but I don't want to lose my momentum. Sure. So, is anyone willing to kind of step in? So, um. A lot of people did, but one of the things I did is I I have a real good friend, Kevin, who is a huge Stephen King fan. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we did a Stephen King Books of the 80s and then a Stephen King Movies of the 80s episode. Oh, wow. And then I got a hold of a couple of online Bruce Springsteen fans, and we said, let's talk about Bruce's albums of the 80s. Mm. And I had such a good time that I got to thinking, well, you know, I this would be fun. And so I did. I asked Rob. I said, hey, I want to do a um, Bruce Springsteen podcast. And, you know, Rob being Rob's like, OK, but <laughs> what is that? You know, and I said, well, I, I'm going to find Bruce Springsteen fans and talk to them. Right, and he says, "Okay, that sounds good, and so, um, you know, and, you know three hundred episodes later, that's what I've done, so
2: <laughs> holy, but I mean, but you know that's not the only one, but was, is that so basically your uh, should we say oldest of your podcast children,
1: doctor who has been longer, okay, uh, we had done that for a little bit longer um and I was talking to Charles about this, um because I'm, I'm dropping. I'm not doing as much Doctor Who during the off season, and mm. um, just I've got a lot going on in my life. And right. I was explaining to him with with Doctor Who, I have to do homework, uh, and 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 it's not hard homework, but you have to watch the classic episode. You have to take notes. You have to it's watch true. it before. You, you know, can't
2: watch it distractedly. It's true because right. like. Every single second counts. I've noticed this. You can't do other stuff while you're watching an episode.
1: Especially if you're going to talk about it. It, Even more so. Even more so, yes. Yeah. So what I said, you know, I said, but with set listing Bruce, all I've got to do is I have an agenda already set up. You know, I use basically the same agenda for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then, like with you, who are not necessarily a Bruce Springsteen fan, mm-hmm. I just tweak it enough, and sure. then you and I just talk. There is sure. no homework beforehand, <laughs> you know. And and usually, um, Nick, there the guests may be a little nervous, mm. but after a few minutes, they forget they're being recorded,
2: and all right. they worry about is if they
1: feel like they're talking to someone on the phone.
2: Well, that's, I mean, but see, that's also shows that you're a very good host because a sign of a very good host is somebody who makes people feel at ease instantly. Um, I see the same thing when I do interviews with artists. Yeah. Uh, You know, it has to feel like you're either, uh, you know, like you're either both sitting on the couch, just talking about stuff you enjoy or at a bar, enjoying a drink and just sharing and talking about music. And I think that is the, uh, the mark of a good host is they can make you feel, comfortable enough to let yourself go granted <clears throat> excuse me it can be tough at times on the phone because they can't see you or you're not physically there as it were right. so then they're talking to you for, you know if they're talking to you for the first time um, it might be hard for them to um, get in sync with that it also mm-hmm. depends I think how much um into how many interviews or things like this they've done in the past yeah. or how you know if if they're used to talking to the media for example you know if you're talking to an artist who's done tons and tons of interviews they can just you know do it like it's business as usual um when it comes to other people i guess it just depends how you know also sure of yourself or 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 just how you know that's where the host has to do a lot of the work i think
1: yeah and i think also what's important is um you want to i especially in your case, you want to you want them to feel like it's fresh, mm-hmm. you know in other words, instead of just uh, especially if someone who's done this a lot, they kind of have their set answers and they're ready with their you know mm-hmm. similar stories, and what you want to do is try to find a different way to get them something else they're passionate about you know um it's true a a a story i i heard a um a guy who is has been in the dallas market for years Mm. as a uh talk show host a sports talk show host right and he said that nolan ryan the famous baseball pitcher after a while nolan doesn't care that He's had seven no-hitters, or he had 5,000 strikeouts. You know, he there's not a lot of stories he hasn't told. But he said, but if you ask him about the 10 home runs he hit, because, mm-hmm. you know, in baseball, in the American League, pitchers don't hit. Right. Um, so this is very rare. Um, he said he lights up because no one ever um, – asks him that question and it's true so uh when i was lucky enough to get um mad dog lopez who is uh yeah he you know one of the the original drummer for the e street band yeah um it was um i asked him before he started and i said so what are you um you know what do you want to talk about and i said you know you know the band breaking up and such and he says that's all anyone ever wants to talk about and i said okay we won't talk about that
2: oh there you go and it's exact like also there if there are subjects they don't want to touch you yeah. know is also that's that's also something else but like you said you they know rather than ask the usual questions of, you know, um I guess you have to include some standard questions, like for example, in the music world at least, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're asking you know, they come out with a new album and you ask them what the album is about, etc. That is pretty standard. But then of sure. course you do have to go on to the I mean, I ask some very sort of try to throw them some curved balls sometimes, like, uh if I was to step into your house today and open your fridge, what would I find in your fridge? Yeah. This kind of thing, you know, and they really enjoy that kind of thing because, like, nobody really asks me what I eat or <clears throat> what TV shows I enjoy or, you know, this kind of thing. And and I agree because some of those interviews, they're just so standard. And like you said, they almost seem rehearsed. The artist mm-hmm. repeats the, the thing's parrot fashion. yes. And so it can be very. It can, and also, you're not giving anything new to the listeners because you have to also um, think to yourself that when you're doing an interview of that nature, fans are listening to 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 that interview, and so they probably know almost everything there is to know about the artist musically speaking. There are probably things they don't know about their personal life that they would be more interested to know about.
1: Yeah, and you want to not to get into the true personal stuff, but mm-hmm. the you know the stuff that yeah that you know, what kind of drives you and what talks about you. So, uh, luckily, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a pretty good chance, um, of people saying, Hey, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I'll hang in out with you. And so, um, I'm excited you're joining me.
2: Well, I'm very proud and honored to be doing so. And as I said, you're an excellent host. You should be in radio yourself, you know, you should think about
1: that. <laughs> well,
2: true,
1: I, I would, I, that would make me, that would, that would be lovely. Um, so, yeah, you know. All right. Uh, okay. So let's officially get started. Okay. dokie. Um, here we go. Uh, we'll okay. count down. And basically we're going to do what we've just been doing. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one.
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Were they shot? Were they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> my mom is dad. My mom is right there. From airship